ഓം നമോ ഭഗവതെ വാസുദേവായ ഓം നമോ ഭഗവതെ വാസുദേവായ ഓം നമോ ഭഗവതെ വാസുദേവായ ഹരേ കൃഷ്ണ ലാസ്റ്റ് ടൈം ഐ വാസ് ഹിയർ ഇൻ സൈലം സിറ്റി ഗോകുൽ ചന്ദ്രപ്രഭു ആസ് മീ അബൌട്ട് സ്റ്റിഗ്മാത്ത വിച്ച് ഇസ് എ സംതിങ് ടു വിത്ത് ക്രിസ്ത്യാനിറ്റി സോ ഐ സ്പീക്ക് അബൌട്ട് ദാറ്റ് ഫസ്റ്റ് ഓഫ് ഓൾ സ്റ്റിഗ്മാത്ത നൗ യു മെയ് ആസ്ക് വൈ വി ഗണ ടോക്ക് അബൌട്ട് സംതിങ് ടു വിത്ത് ക്രിസ്ത്യാനിറ്റി when we hear all devotees of krishna we're aspiring to be devotees of krishna well it's a fact that we're not that much interested in christianity but uh, it's here in india now christianity is here what christ taught is something different in many ways to especially the kind of christianity that's being promoted here some kind of hatred religion uh so that's one reason uh another thing is that as aspiring devotees of krishna as followers of the parampara then we should uh, aspire also to see the everything in reality through the eye of shastra not that there's some subjects which we just we can't explain them or we don't know of course not that everyone can know everything about every subject but the through the eye of shastra we should be able to understand everything yoma meva samurho janati purushottamam sarva vidbhajate mam sarva bhavena bharata Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita that one who knows me to be this supreme person without doubting this uh such a person knows everything and in all respects wholeheartedly worships me so uh we should be able to explain all phenomena through the understanding of krishna consciousness if not then it's it's imperfect and incomplete means we don't again we can't know everything about everything but uh in the catholic roman catholic religion especially and especially in italy this is a very this this stigmata it's a it's a big thing it's it's considered an important part of their religious understanding what it is i'll explain as but i i didn't know much about it when you asked me so i i looked it up i don't want to talk about something i don't know much about so um well according to the gospels jesus died on the cross he was killed 
and uh, his body was taken down and there were certain wounds in his body. In, in the two hands and two feet where the nails had been put in. The, and we're not talking about little nails, we're talking about big, so you still see sometimes in India these big, long, crude nails. Those, those are the kind of nails that would have been required. Extremely cruel. <laughs> yes, and, uh, and, he, and there was another wound in his body from where the Roman centurion stuck a spear into his side. That was, the idea is that to torture them to death on the cross and then when the, if they don't die quickly enough and the guards wanted, who have to wait for the people to die when they're crucified, because not only Jesus that was crucified, it's like a, a regular thing. Their uh, regular method of execution. So uh, they'd just stick a spear in their side and that was supposed to finish them off. So the guards could go home and, you know, say hurry ball or whatever to their wives. Just, sorry I'm late, darling. Came, you know, the guy wouldn't die quick enough, this kind of thing. You know, we have a good excuse for coming home late. So uh, Jesus had these wounds and then he died and he was, he was dead according to their mythology. Uh, God was killed and then he rose after three days from the dead and one of the twelve apostles, Thomas, he doubted this uh, and then he saw Jesus and Jesus invited him to put his hands in the wound so that he could you know, not just see but feel these so, uh, so Jesus has these uh, five wounds. And in, in Christian mythology, or what they call theology, this event of Jesus being crucified, it's like the, that is the crucial point. Not what Jesus teaches about how you should be humble and meek and all this kind of thing, but you just have to believe in this, and then you're saved. Eh? Like this. So, uh, anyway, about, what, 1,200 years after Jesus, something like this, um, in Italy, there was a uh, saint, Saint Francis of Assisi, who, he wanted to be like Jesus, not uh, imitatively, but he wanted to have the same saintly qualities as Jesus. And he, he meditated very deeply on that he, and how he could be like Jesus. And at some point, automatically, these, these wounds appeared on his body, which he covered. He didn't want to show people, but it was like his, uh, he, these wounds appeared in him, and that was called stigmata. Now, after that, although there are none for 1,200 years after Christ, after that there have been about 300 others who have, I think in Croatia recently you had one, was it? Yeah. They, they get this, all of a sudden they have this, and then if you, if you have that and that's proved, then you, that's it, you're a saint. You know, and whatever else you might do or not do, you're a saint. Many of the saints in Christianity, just like here in India, St. Francis, another one, Xavier, he killed and tortured so many people, but because he converted them to Christianity, he's a saint. So we may not put much stock on this, 
on the saints, necessarily. A Tamil class is there. Please go to the... Just show them where it is. You can take the lady also. So, uh, Francis of Assisi was actually a, a very saintly person. Maybe uh, after Christ, he's the, the best saintly person. So he had this. Um, how do we explain this? Well, one thing is we don't really give much importance to it anyway. Because um, it's your level of consciousness is that, that's important, not... Not whether you get consecrated by the Catholic Church or whether some symptoms appear on your body. These are all uh, external matters. What matters is the, the consciousness. Is the consciousness pure? Is it absorbed in Krishna? So uh, we don't give much importance to this. But anyway, this can be understood uh, by what is described in Bhagavatam and elsewhere uh, as Kita Peshas Kritanyaya, or, or the understanding of the insect that be, or the worm that becomes a wasp, metamorphizes into a wasp. The description is there that uh, sometimes a wasp catches an insect and imprisons it in a cocoon or a hole and then the uh, the insect out of fear of the wasp gets the, becomes a wasp in the same, very same life. I don't know what species that is according to modern biology or whatever the word is for studying insects. But we do see metamorphosis um, it's very common. Tadpoles, mosquito larvae, maggots, uh, caterpillars. They, they, have what, they start their life in one form and then they change into something else, which is very different. I mean, the difference between a caterpillar and a, and a butterfly or a maggot and a, and a, and a fly or between a tadpole and a frog, it's, it's a very big difference. So that, that understanding is, I mean, generally that happens with a change of body. Yang yang bapi smran bhavam tyajyante kalevaram tang tame vaiti kontaya sadatad bhava bhavitaha. Whatever one thinks of at the time of death, that determines one's next body. But that can, uh, happen in this lifetime also. Um, Sometimes we see it. Again, I, I remember the first two years I spent in this movement was mostly in the West, and we used to see that quite vividly. The, the, the man selling fried chicken on the side of the road, his face looks like a chicken. <laughs> Colonel Sanders, his face looks like a chicken. Some, sometimes you see people, and they even make cartoons of this, of Someone, they're walking their horse, and if you look at the horse and you look at the human, the face looks similar, or with the dog. So they start to take the characteristics, 
even within this lifetime, or in a more positive way, we see how people change, how devotees, if you see a photo of them before and after, they, they look very black and uh, they're, they're, there's the luster, well there isn't any luster, or the aura, which most of us can't see, but it's, it's very black or dark blue. Right? But then, uh, but devotees, they're very bright-faced and they're, they're practically, they may be unrecognizable because of change of consciousness. So it may be like that, that, um, that, Someone by very deep meditation. I know. I mean, this Francis of Assisi. He wasn't your ordinary Christian. He was a very, you know, very deeply into it and very advanced level of consciousness as far as a Christian can go. They actually can't go very far because they don't have information of the. They don't have proper information of the spiritual reality. So, so that may happen by the uh, by the. The grace of uh, Jesus, or Daivi Maya, or who, whoever oversees all these things. Interestingly, uh, yeah, that Francis himself, he didn't advertise that. He didn't, you know, whereas like your guy in Croatia, I guess everyone found out. Huh? Wouldn't be difficult to cover up in the modern age if you have, you know, you wear clothes and it's all covered up. So uh, a lot of these may be uh, to. Uh, Doubtful, questionable, or just bogus. So, uh, yeah, I was saying that there are Christians here in India, but we don't expect to find Christians of the level of Francis or saintly people because the way they're promoting Christianity is in a very... Un if you see what Christ was like and the kind of thing that these people are preaching, um, it's quite different, and very much full of uh, uh, nastiness, dvish, hingsa, nastiness towards others. Um, and if someone, even by the Christian faith, if, they're in, if they were in, in India even today, and they, they did have like this very strong uh, spiritual call, then they would recognize, they wouldn't have this like exclusivity that Christianity, this is the only way. They'd recognize other people who are spiritual and, and they would naturally gravitate toward the broader, uh, culture that is here. Like we see some, some Muslims, uh, in the past, maybe today, I don't know. Uh, but, uh, they're, despite their, uh, exclusivist, you know, this way or either you go this way or you go to hell. That's the understanding. That's their teaching. But uh, people who are actually more spiritually advanced and they'll go beyond the official teachings of these childish religions and uh, they'll understand that there are other I mean, especially within India, that there, there are people who are spiritually advanced, or there is a broader spiritual culture than than what is offered in the very tiny spectrum of Christianity or Islam. So then, yeah. So there may be mystics, uh, this mysticism that may be there in in other 
religious, generally it'll come up in some religious culture. If it's absolutely atheistic, we can't expect it so much. There has to be some basic culture of spirituality or something. So, uh, another example, there, there have been that many, but it's not been encouraged in the Christian church. It's, it's usually mysticism is rejected as uh, by mysticism, I mean like spiritual inclinations and you don't exactly follow all the rules and regulations of the church, but you you know you just become you see everything in this world as uh, as well, there are different kinds. You may see everything in this world as not very significant and just long to have union with God who they see as Jesus or, or um, William Blake of from he was an English mystic who he he wrote poetry and he uh, did etchings, watercolor etchings. They're all religious topics. So he wrote some things like, uh, what is it? To see the world in a grain of sand and and heaven in a wild flower. So he's it was like he he had these spiritual visions regularly uh, he didn't like the, he was <laughs> baptized in the church of england and he was officially but, but he but he never went to church and he didn't like the church he thought he thought that the religion they teach there that's nothing to do with the religion that, that i'm talking about and experiencing his wife she said i don't know him he's always in paradise <laughs> like that. So he had some spiritual, some, some you know, genuine spiritual craving. For him it wasn't like religion is you go to church on a Sunday and then you, you pray maybe, I, I guess they used to pray daily and study the Bible daily. Uh, but for, for, for him it was a moment-by-moment moment reality that he lived in. Of course, uh, or maybe I'll get back to that later, talk about that later. So, uh, yeah, in India also mystics, so many. I mean, it was, it was a common thing that people were very spiritual and even, uh, you know, not like, like ordinary people, you could say, who did... You know, it was a very, it wasn't unusual that people would retire at an early age from their active life and they just turn over the family business or whatever to their, to their, uh, eldest son and then they just do, they might just stay at home, they wouldn't go off to a holy place and just engage in bhajan for the rest of their life. That was, it was a common thing. It wasn't unusual. They wouldn't be thought of as a great saint or any such thing, but they, they were, actually. Just, at some point they thought, okay, that's enough. I've, I've done my material. I've done my duty, my material duty. Now the rest of my life is just for... And then, and the, like I said, it was, a, it was a common thing. and It wasn't just like you told me once at Varanasi. You told me that this Bengali man was burning the body of his mother she said no yeah, she just she used to chant all the time on beach she was she took initiation from Gauri Vaishnava Guru and she spent the rest of her life just chanting 
and then so, and then she's she's gone up. So that was an, it was not an unusual thing. It was just a, a very common thing that that people were very religious and, and, and completely absorbed in that way. And there are others. Uh, when we say mystics, I mean there are some famous ones in the modern age. Uh, in this close to here, that Ramana Maharshi is famous and Aurobindo. They're both Tamil now. Aurobindo came from Bengal and settled in Puducherry, I think, is the Tamil way of saying it. Uh, which is more or less Tamil Nadu, kind of. <laughs> All Tamil people, but somehow or other, it has its own... Uh, it's not in Tamil Nadu state. So, uh, they, were, they were mystics. They had... You know, they, they, they came out from the world and just devoted to spiritual realization. And they were spiritually realized. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Don't all run off, rush off there now. <laughs> uh, they, they had some spiritual realization. The first realization that material life is not worth pursuing and that the, the detachment from this world and Aurobindo was also... A, a, uh, a, a, a systematic or uh, intellectual kind of philosopher, although Ramana Maharshi was not. He just he just lived. That's all. He just lived and did nothing because what is there to do? He didn't start an ashram. He just lived on the side of a hill, and somehow people discovered him. Nothing to do, nothing to say. That's all. Now that's in the line of Brahman, impersonal Brahman realization, both of them. Um, so they had what, uh, yeah, it's some immense realization. It's way, way above that of the average person. But from the Vaishnava perspective, uh, it doesn't go nearly far enough. The, the, the understanding of that we are the eternal servants of Krishna that is not there. So, uh, they, they came to their own realization, or whatever. They, 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 they got some uh, realization. But because they didn't have a Vaishnav guru, they didn't have any inclination toward that, then there's so many misconceptions. Aurobindo wrote something like that. Well, I'm pretty sure Krishna did exist, but even if he didn't, it wouldn't make that much difference. Because for them, it doesn't make that much difference. Because they have their own realizations, and later on they'll look and say, oh yeah, Bhagavad Gita, yeah, 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 that's right, yeah, yeah. I already know, I already realized that. To, this, uh, to, to, to see samaloshtashma kanchana, to see stone and gold as the same. Yeah, 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 okay, that's good. Krishna, he's on the same level as me, I guess. <laughs> so, but they didn't see the Sarvadhaman Parityaja, or then they have to reinterpret that. So, uh, that mysticism, that what is called mysticism, I don't know if there's even a term for that in Sanskrit. 
not that Sanskrit is lacking, but but because the whole uh, the whole understanding is so different in in uh, the the whole conceptualization is so different in Western understanding. Um, and the same thing with Francis, actually. I mean, I know that many people get very upset if you say this, and many devotees would also, but he didn't have, he wasn't fortunate enough to have the knowledge of Bhagavatam. So he could only go so far, and it might seem to be a long way for people who don't know anything more. But uh, if you do know more, then we can understand what is the position of Jesus. He was a teacher. We don't say he's the only one. It's only through Jesus. No, he taught some things suitable for people at that time. But he didn't deliver the whole science of Krishna consciousness. If you know, everyone will say they're the best. Everyone will, but if we uh, examine uh, objectively, we'll see that actually what Prabhupada gave is far more than Jesus gave, or the whole Christian tradition put together gave. I mean, even now, after two thousand years, they don't know. If you ask them what is what is the nature of the soul, you ask any big. Christian, scholar, anything. They have no idea. With what our first people come in after two, three days, what we teach them, the first thing. So there is a, it's not that it's all the same. People may have had some realization. They may be very saintly in some ways. But uh, they can only go so far. You can only go so far unless you have guidance from above. You may have some realization, which, and you're, you're blessed with some kind of level of spiritual understanding by, by the bottom-up approach. That you just do it yourself, spiritualism. But the, even that, actually, it's the, by the mercy of Krishna. To that, anything we do, even to, even to become the, you know, the world's champion swimmer or something. That also depends on Krishna's mercy, <laughs> ultimately. But then to, to come to the actual Bhagavat Tattva Vigyanam, Prema Pumarto Mahan, then that requires contact with Vaishnavas. Brahmanda Brahmite Kono Bhagyavanjiv Guru Krishna Prasade Pai Bhaktilata Bij, which... Uh, brings me to another topic which you'd ask me to discuss, that of uh, Leela Smaranam. Specific, Leela Smaranam means remembrance of Krishna's pastimes, or Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, or Rama's pastimes. Or remembering, or, rem- actually the term remembering that we use for Smaran, it's, uh, it's not exactly, when we say remember, it's like, you're not thinking about something, and then you remember. Oh, I remember. I left my keys inside the car. I'm locked out. Uh, you just... But smaran means like constant absorption. That's the, in, the, in the context of lila smaranam. It means to be always 
absorbed in thought of. More like a, not even meditate. Meditation implies the idea of consciously trying to think about something. But lila smarana means it, it's just alive in one's consciousness all the time. And lila smaranam actually means to be that not just remembrance, but then joining in that also, becoming part of it. Um, so that is the perfection of, of Vaishnavism, to, to join Krishna's lila so that we can... I mean, we, we want to serve Krishna, right? So Krishna is... He is lila mai, lila dha, lila purushottam. It's, it's not just something remote, but actually serving him in his pastimes. And we see, like for instance, uh, Narottam Dash Thakur, for instance, he says that Shamagore Onge Debo Chua Chandanera Gandha Chamaro Dulabo Kobe What is that? Uh, I, I can't remember just now. Uh, Mukharavinda, yes, so he's longing for the day when he will uh, offer chua, one kind of oil, and uh, chandan, the sandalwood paste. He'll uh, he'll offer that. He'll apply that to the bodies of Radha and Krishna, and uh, he will. Serve them by with the f- chamara, like this, by waving the chamara. So uh, lila smaran implies that yeah we, we yeah we we sorry we, we want to serve. So these are the kind of services, or one may not directly do that, but then one may uh, make the sandal the the sandalwood paste. One may not directly apply it, but you make it and then give it to the gopi who does apply it. So like this. this. This is the aspiration of devotees, ultimate aspiration. So the, uh, the first comes, before that comes lila smaranam, to just to be absorbed in those pastimes. Um, one of my godbrothers, he... Uh, asked some of his disciples to make some first steps in this by by writing. He asked each of them to write something about how they visualize Krishna's pastimes. What would it be? Would it be like if you were there? And that was published in a book. So he asked me to give some uh, my thoughts about that. Now, um, this Leela Smaranam, well, it's, it's actually, again, it's very much part of central to Indian culture, that people would hear Ram Leela regularly recited, um, Krishna Leela, and they didn't hear about the news, what's going on in Iran, Afghanistan, America, Delhi. There's no news, no TV, no sports. So that was their mental food. 
for the average person. There was nothing else. So naturally, that's what they think about. Good, very good culture. <laughs> Nowadays, we have so you go to school and you learn so many different things. All nonsense that won't help us at the time of death. Actually, be an obstacle at the time of death. So uh, that leela that was automatically. It wasn't like you know some kind of you know trying to remember you know. But just automatically. And then what would people discuss when they're, you know, the women and one woman's churning the butter, the other is bringing in the cows. If, they, if they're a little spiritual, even if they're not very spiritually advanced, they say, the, the mother-in-law may say to the daughter-in-law something like, come on, you know, Sita, she'd, she'd make the, uh, she wouldn't do it so in such a lazy manner for Ram. I'm just giving some examples. Yes, she may admonish the daughter-in-law for being lazy or something. I'm just giving some example like that. So uh, that was very much there. And we all do it when we're, well, those who give lectures, when it's, for instance, there's the topic of Hiranyakashipu admonishing Prahlad, and then you may say, you can say that, well, you know, automatically, you think about that and then how Prahlad is very patiently and tolerantly standing and you describe that. So, how Prahlad is very patiently standing. He's not disturbed by the, the angry face and the crooked eyes of Hiranyakashipu. So, we all do it to some extent if we're describing the Leela at all. Um... Now, within the Gorya culture, that's, that has been a, a very major part of those who are uh, sadhakas or those who, yeah, those who are attempting to be Krishna conscious. There are uh, schools of Gorya Vaishnavism in which they emphasize this very much that you should. Um, hear about the pastimes and try and remember them. And they emphasize very much smaran. Of course, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he emphasized kirtan. But there are some schools that emphasize uh, smaran. Uh, you can please go. There's one Tamil class is going on. You can show them where to go. Yeah. Please take them there. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, in some schools, they, they, it's like, you know, just jump right into the leela. They tell, you'll go to someone, to a guru, and he doesn't know where you're coming from. I just saw you for the first time in life, and they'll tell you that this is your name, you are a gopi, and you're under this, you're in the subgroup of Hindu leka, and this is your kunja, and this is your dress, and this is your name, and then you're supposed to meditate upon that. And you told me that someone, they go to Radha Kund, they get initiation like this, they go to the other side of Radha Kund, they meet another Babaji who gives them another initiation with another name, form, and everything. So you're supposed to meditate on this, and then by meditating on that, you become, you take that form. You, 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 you live, or, or, or you, somehow or other, you be, by that Leela Smaranam. Now, um, 
You may say, well, that's very good, you know, that's what we want, that's what we want, right? You want to become a gopi or whatever, maybe a gopa, maybe a cow, maybe a blade of grass. Uddhava wasn't so ambitious to become a gopi. He thought if I could become a, a shrub or a creeper in Vrindavan, that would be my success. He wasn't so ambitious. That's Uddhava. I mean, you may think he's very low class because he's only Uddhava and I'm a gopi, but he's the the topmost devotee outside of Vrindavan. Um, it's described like that. So we want to get there, and uh, well, at the speed we're going, it seems we're not going to get there, right? You know, we're just chanting Hare Krishna, and you've got all this calm, crowd, low, mohamada, matsarya, and it doesn't seem to be going away that quickly, and we're not like to live very long, so... You know, if you can take a pole vault into the Ras Lila, then why not? Of course, we have to see if it works or not, because you might end up taking a pole vault into, uh, end up further, you know, you fall down, you go up. Pole vault means you go up very high, but then you, you may fall further down than you started. Or you might break your neck. You might spoil your whole spiritual advancement altogether. Now, um, someone who thinks, I have to go now, I have to go now. You see, my experience is that those who have, I know, I have to go now, and those who are, they're like over, seemingly over eager, then they're nonsense, actually. They're useless people. Lolium. Tatran lolyam api mulyam ekalam. The qualification for attaining Krishna Prem. Krishna Bhakti Rasana. What is that? Krishna Bhakti Rasa. Hmm? What is that? Bhavatamati. Kriyatam yadi kotopi labyate. Tatra lolyam api mulyam ekalam janma koti sukritaina labyate. Rupa Goswami says that <coughs> to attain Krishna Prem, Krishna Bhakti, be absorbed in Krishna Bhakti Ras, the qualification is lolyam, or an intense desire, which doesn't come about by any mundane piety. Somehow or other, if you can get it, get it, he says. However, impetuousness is not lolyam. Impetuousness means... Um, <coughs> insisting on something. I I have to get it, I have to get it, I, but you don't you don't have the qualification. Just like, you know, I should be a PhD, I should be a PhD. Okay, you know, go to school and then college and university, study and you can be a PhD. But just, I'm a PhD. I want to be a PhD. Give me immediately. It doesn't work. There's a system. You have to do it step by step. So, uh, the gurus, they have to help their disciples come up. But, uh, I, yeah, that may seem very, you, have our, you know, have to help the devotees to think about Krishna Leela. But we have to be very careful also. 
our recent our char our our recent acharyas have been uh, by that I mean Srila Prabhupada and more so Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Thakur and Bhaktivinoda Thakur because they were uh, in Bengal where this bogus Vaishnavism was prominent. Uh, they uh, were very cautious about this, or, or they didn't, uh, or rather they spoke about, against the artificial uh, Leela Smaranam. Oh, another consequence, which I should mention in, in Bengal, is that of, uh, because they're so, you know, they're trying to get in the mood of being a gopi, then some of them, they dress up, men dress up as gopis. And they talk in a womanly voice, and they have their monthly, you know, out of action. Nowadays they're not out of action, but in the traditional culture, for whatever it is, three, four, five days, you wouldn't see them. So it gets to the, or beyond the verge of ridiculousness. You can't, by your smelly, nasty material body, you can't convert that into a gopi body, nor is that the nor is that possible, nor are the actual gopis' bodies, the Vraja gopis, their bodies are not made of material substances. So our recent Acharyas they were uh, they were very uh, they were against this also uh, actually um, that, uh, and they emphasized very much that the sadhana which is what Chaitanya Mahabharu taught is kirtan. You have to do kirtan. By kirtan, everything will come. Now, that doesn't mean that they were against Leela Smaran, but rather that it should come uh, naturally. So the gurus, they want to see that their disciples will become absorbed in Krishna Leela and remembering Krishna, but it should come uh, as, uh, as a gift from above. Not that you can just artificially put yourself into that. Um, now, that example I gave that in, in previously in India, it was a normal thing. People would discuss Ram Leela, this and that, because they had no other subject. But at the same time, because most people didn't have any proper training in Bhagavad Tattva Vigyana or proper understanding of spiritual, of the science of Krishna, as Srila Prabhupada called it, then there were so many misconceptions. You see, Krishna was, I'll just say one, which is, we don't like to say these things, but just to give some idea of how off or how people can be, even though they're uh, in one sense absorbed in Krishna Leela, but because they don't have a clear understanding, they have very uh, offensive misunderstandings. That Krishna was killed by a hunter because in his previous birth he killed Dali from behind a tree, like a hunter. So this is a very offensive misconception. But that's the kind of thing that people pick up. They hear from someone or other. Some, sometimes you hear. As I, about two years ago in Secunderabad we had a Ram Nomi festival, and we on that day there's uh, Sita Rama Kalyanam, as they commonly do that. The wedding of Sita and Ram, somehow or other, they do it on that day. So we call the Sri Vaishnav priest, I didn't call it. And then 
uh, he was supposed to perform this function. And then he didn't just start performing the function, he started giving his, he started giving a talk. No one invited to give him a talk. And then after about five minutes, Madhav Gopinath stopped him because he was, he was just talking all Mayavad, envious, rascal nonsense. I, I don't know Telugu, but I could understand enough to understand just from the mood and a few things he was saying that it just rascaled him. I mean, he felt impelled to say it. He was going to get his dakshina anyway. But it's just like, you know, just like devotees, they feel impelled to speak about Krishna. Then some demons, even though they may be so-called Sri Vaishnava, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm definitely not saying anything against Sri Vaishnavas in general here. But there just happened to be this one person who was a, you know, something like that, Vatsasura. He entered, he looked like a devotee, but he was a demon. So, uh, so Madhav Gopinath stopped him speaking. So people like that, they may speak or they may have so many wrong ideas. And a very common thing is that people, they hear the leelas, but they tend to think of Rama and Sita like, you know, just, well, you know, my brother and sister or something like that. They don't understand the transcendental nature of them and, and they ascribe mundane motives to what they do. Uh, you see... Like the washerman, he said, oh, you see, Rama, he's just so attached to his wife. He took her back, even though she'd been living with another man. So, uh, because people, they're not trained in understanding Vaishnava philosophy, therefore they hear Leela, but they don't understand it properly. It's a very common thing. That's why generally we talk a lot about philosophy and not much about Leela. Because if you misunderstand it, then it can actually be offensive. Uh, and I, I often see that, actually, in, in the modern Vaishnava society, that devotees, they talk Leela, and everyone's laughing, oh, 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 how nice, but it's not that they're, on, they're thinking how nice, but they're just thinking it's just like some jokes between ordinary boys and girls or something like this. They're not actually fit to hear Leela. Although everyone likes to hear it, but they're not actually fit for that. Actually, Bhaktisiddhanta Sartako said that no one in this world is qualified to speak about or hear Radha Krishna Leela. He said no. And he would talk 95%, more than 95% philosophy, and sometimes he'd speak on Leela also. Ah... So, for these uh, various reasons, we can understand our acharyas are very cautious. Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, uh, he, early in his uh, Vaishnava teaching career, career not used in the sense, mundane sense, but he, uh, he wrote that Kirtan Prabhave Smaranohaibe. By the power by the influence of kirtan, there will be smaran. In other words, by doing kirtan, then automatically that smaran, that will come as, as, a, as a development. The first kirtan, there's cleaning of the heart of all dirty things, and then automatically in due course of time, smaran will come. And Bhaktisiddhanta Sarthakur, he wrote that 
the guru's duty is that when that awakens in a devotee, he said that, he wrote that you can't actually guide someone like these sahajya gurus do. They, 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 but you can't just uh, give rest. Or, but when that awakens, then the guru's duty is to guide the disciple in that. Not that I will, I will teach you ras. In, in one sense, yes. One, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, one should be taught the science of rasa. To write Vaishnava dramas, one should have a proper understanding of rasa jnana. But the actual awakening of that, it's not something that arises from teaching, but it arises from purification that comes from uh, kirtan. So, uh, otherwise, if we, like I say, we all do it to some extent, but if we try to take it too, you know, if, if we try to make like a regular sadhana, then what happens, just like, I remember one of my godbrothers, he was a popular speaker. Uh, unfortunately, he's uh, not doing so well these days, but uh, he would say, like, he would add masala, to his descriptions of the Leela. That was what. Just like I remember I heard him say once that when Sanatana Goswami meant Chaitanya Mahaprabhu at Varanasi, it's described in Chaitanya Charitamrita that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu asked Chandrasekhar, whose house he was staying in, that go and see if there's a, Vaish- there's a Vaishnava at the door. Please call him inside. Chandrasekhar went outside, he saw a fakir. He came back and said, there's no Vaishnava. Is there anyone there? There's one Fakir. And then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu went to meet him and he embraced him. That was Sanatana Goswami. And Sanatana Goswami on other occasions also would say, don't touch me, I'm unfit. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said that even I am purified by embracing you. The whole world can be purified like this. But uh, this one god-brother of mine, he said that Sanatana Goswami, he dressed it up a bit. He added some imaginary details, how Sanatan said, you shouldn't touch me, that's there in Chaitanya Charitamrita. But then Sanatan Goswami, he, he went back, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, this is how my godbrother described it, how Chaitanya Mahaprabhu went to k- catch him, and then Sanatan was running away. There was a post in the courtyard, and they were running round and round the post. It's just ridiculous. Just ridiculous. So, we may say, but how far do you go? If you have actual insight, if you're living there, like Rupa Goswami and Vishwanath Chakravarti, they, they're actually participants in that Leela of come to this plane, they add more. But for, for someone just out of your imagination to add something, then it becomes, uh, yeah, imagination, just mundane, that's all. And, and it's confusing because then people say, well, you know, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was chasing Sanatan round and round the post. But wait a minute. Where did you get that from? Well, I heard so-and-so say it. Uh, but that's not in Chaitanya Charitamrita. Well, and then you start to think, well, actually he's on such a realized level and, and it becomes dangerous. Now, there's an, then the question of others like Ramcharitmanas, Kamban Ramayana, that comes up also. What level are they on to, to, Describe Leela. 
that question comes up. We see that our acharyas, they, they said Valmiki Ramayana. And sometimes they would quote also. Prabhupada sometimes quoted Ramcharitmanas. And then he'd quote Shakespeare also, had no, no even pretensions to be religious. He was completely what in the West they'd call secular. So, uh, what is an acceptable level? If, if I'm asked that question, I, would, I wouldn't even answer it. I'd say, Kirtan Prabhave Smarana Hoibe. When the acceptable level is that when by one's rigid adherence to Kirtan, by purification, when it comes, it comes. That is on the spiritual level. Anything else has to be at least mixed with some mundane sentiments. Now, one important thing to understand is that uh, the actual meaning of, or, or, um, of kirtan, especially Bhaktisthan Saraswar Thakur, who said this, this uh, kirtan prabhave smarana hoibe, by the power of kirtan, smaran will come, it will arise. Uh, Bhaktisthan Saraswar Thakur, he often explained and he personified the fact that kirtan is not what we often think, just not only chanting the holy names of the Lord, but it also means speaking about him and explaining about him. And another very important point is that implicit in kirtan is shravan. When we say kirtan, it means shravan kirtan. That's the action actual meaning. Just like when we say Krishna means Radha Krishna. You may not always say. You may just say Krishna. But actual Krishna is Radha Krishna. <laughs> and then, uh, so Kirtan means, there's no Kirtan without Shravan. And that means not just when you're chanting that you hear, but that we should have heard Gita, Bhagavatam. We should have heard from Vaishnava Gurus and heard ag- again and again and again. Shinvatang Shodhaya Nityam Grinatang Swachatsva Grinatang Chatswacheshtitam Kalena Nati Dirghena Bhagavan Vishatehadi By hearing regularly with faith, accepting that, trying to understand that. Then Bhagavan manifests in our heart. So this, this, uh, that's you could say, we may say, well, Kirtan Prabhave, Smarana Hoibe, what's the Shastric backup of that? We don't need Shastric backup because it comes from our Acharya, which is the same. But the Acharyas don't speak outside of Shastra. This is the Shastric backup. You may say, well, that's about Shravanam, but Shravan is is not independent of kirtan. Kirtan is not independent of shravan. They're both. Uh, there's no shravan. It's absolutely impossible to have shravan without kirtan, and it's impossible to have kirtan without shravan. So one who has heard a lot, or a little. I mean, Prabhupada, he only heard it. He said little from his guru, but he picked it up. Otherwise, for others... Hear, hearing, go on hearing. Bhaktisthan Sarasvati would never, once he started talking, there's no question of stopping within two hours. 
And just looking at the clock now, a little less than one hour I've gone, there's still a lot of things to say. So, <laughs> three hours, four hours, five hours, six hours, he would talk. And disciples, they're supposed to listen. So, Srila Prabhupada was, he didn't usually speak very long, but maybe because we don't like to listen. <laughs> we don't have the capacity to listen. But by, by a lot of hearing and chanting and serving, <coughs> by, by one who's completely absorbed in that, then automatically, smarano hoibe. Otherwise, artificially, if we say, well, you know, why don't we just, uh, you know, we can imagine that we're there. Well, that doesn't work. I mean, if, if we, yeah, by the absorption, then the, by the mercy of Krishna, because we have applied ourselves to that process, then by the mercy of Krishna, then that smaran starts to manifest in one's heart. Even if you hear from a bogus school, it may do, but then it'll, 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 manifest in a bogus way with misunderstandings. Just like this supposed, this Vatsasura, Sri Vaishnava. He'd heard Ramlila, but his kirtan was not kirtan, it was all poison. So, uh, yeah, that deep absorption, uh, much hearing so that clear Understanding and understanding again is not simply an intellectual understanding. But when one's heart is actually purified and well, the sieve of riti, the tendency to serve Krishna is awakened, then the uh, pastimes may manifest very quickly. It, it may just be sudden, as Bhaktivinoda Thakur he indicates like that. Dekite, uh, dekite. What is that? I'm just not remembering. Ah, dekite dekite bhuli ba kabe nijas thula parichoy. Braja pura shobha haribo nayane chidananda man. He says that uh, when I'll just be in this world and then all of a sudden it's. Uh, the, I'll just forget my material situation and the whole spiritual world will be manifest to me. So he's... Uh, but there's a lot that comes before that. <laughs> and it's, it's not just, you know, one day I'm just walking down the street and, you know, thinking about my home and my wife and my dog and my cat and all of a sudden I get zapped with remembering... Krishna's Vrindavan pastimes, but by int- what he describes before that is intense sadhana, intense surrender, intense purification. So, um, yeah, artificially it can happen. You may say, well, why don't we just, you know, start to talk about it and think about it? Yeah, there has to be, there has to be some qualification first. There has to be. The bhakti-lata bij has to be watered and grow, and then when it reaches Golok Vrindavan, the, the, when the creeper is grown right up to Golok Vrindavan, then at the lotus feet of Krishna, there's a description in Chaitanya Charitamrita, then the, the fruit doesn't come at the beginning. First there's a seed, 
Then the plant grows, has to be properly watered, cultivated, cared for. The weeds have to be taken out. Then when it reaches to Krishna in Golok Vrindavan, then the fruit of Prem, Krishna Prem, then it fructifies. Not before. Not that you get. So Bhaktisthan Saswar Thakur and his Prakrita Rasha Shata Dushan and his Rasa Age Shadha Pache Rupa Nuga Balena. That we'll have, we'll have Rasa first and then faith and all those. They'll, we'll see about that later. No. Rupa Nugas, followers of Rupa Goswami, they don't say that. There's a proper order. Ado Shadha Tata Sadhu Sangha. And then, there's a bhajana kriya, anartha nivriti, and then all the way, there's so many stages. Not that, well, you know, I'm, you know, I'm doing my, I'm going to college and getting my degree, and I'm, uh, you know, I'm doing this and I'm doing that, and I do a little sadhana, I do, I, I do chant my 16 rounds every day, you know. Somehow or other I fit it in, and then all of a sudden, okay, let's think about Gopi Leela. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> You know, let's try and imagine we're in Gopi Leela. It, it doesn't work like that. Uh, but uh, Gorky Shodas Babaji Maharaj gave the example of uh, a woman. She doesn't have any children, but she wants to have children. So uh, she's lying down on the bed and screaming <laughs> as if she's having a child. But it doesn't work. <laughs> there are so many stages you have to go through. I mean... The, you have to take the seed from the husband, has to develop in the womb, and then the baby comes. But if you just lie down and you can, you know, you can really imagine, just like in a drama, you can really imagine that, you know, I'm, you become absorbed in that role, but, you know, you, you may be absorbed in the drama, in the role that actually I'm a millionaire, and then when you come off the stage and you still think I'm a millionaire, and then you, you know, you walk in the restaurant and say, well, you know, uh, okay, I'll pay the bill for everyone. They say, oh, all right, that's nice. Okay, well, give us your credit card. And it's just a piece of plastic from the, from the, from the drama with no, you know, no authentication or anything. It's not going to work. Of course, millionaires don't pay for people in the restaurants. That's why they're millionaires. They take all the money. They don't give it. They don't give it. Or they become Bill Gates, they give the money in a way that it more comes back to them in the plea of philanthropy. Anyway, um, so by any amount of screaming, you may think, oh, you see, all these women I saw, they're screaming after the baby comes. Okay, ah! Why didn't the baby come? <laughs> it doesn't work. There's a proper process which we have to follow. Uh, one of my godbrothers, he wrote a few books in which he imagined, he, t- he took, they're like pseudo-autobiographical books in which he imagined, well, he wrote as if he is a person, he is a person in Chaitanya Leela. And he wrote about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu coming to South India and he writes about himself, I'm a Brahmin in this village and he wrote so many things. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came and he's writing about his own personal life and how he saw Chaitanya Mahaprabhu dancing and singing. So it's a nice idea. But there's so many 
cultural gaffes. Just like it said that uh, he was a pujari in the temple, but then he was caught drinking and they put him out of the service. And at the Lakshmi Narayan temple, he's supposed to be a Sri Vaishnava. They don't worship Lakshmi Narayan. They don't say Lakshmi Narayan. And they don't have a Lakshmi There's Lakshmi Narayan temple. It's, anyway, you know. There's the temple is there for, for Perumal and there's for, for the Andal or whatever at the side. What are they? Taya. Taya Sanyati. So they have separate temples. Not that they're both together in one temple. Lakshmi is there. They don't, they hardly call her Lakshmi. And, and, uh, and they, they have separate temples close to each other, but not in the same temple. And then, yeah, in those days, if a Brahmin, and they say, we're saying, you know, he's hoping that after some time they'll forgive him and has his service back. No way. You know, he wouldn't be allowed to stay in the Agrahar. I mean, the Brahmin, he'd be, he wouldn't be allowed to live in his house. He'd be thrown out. For a Brahmin to drink in those days, no way you could get your service. You wouldn't be allowed to remain in the Brahmin community. You'd be, you wouldn't be allowed to, you'd, you'd just be out. So there's so many things they're describing. He was describing how they had this Sankirtan party in which the, he was talking about the Sankirtan party and one sannyasi was there, but which sannyasi? You know, there were no Gorya Vaishnava sannyasis at that time. And then there were a few in Chaitanya, but Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, when he was going, sannyasis are very rare in, the, in South India. And, and then in the Sankirtan party, they're going around the village and uh, the sannyasi turns and speaks to this Brahmin's wife. First of all, the women, if you'll find, they, they, they never went with the men on, Sankhya, on the chanting party. And the sannyasi is not going to go and talk to the wife. It's just so many things. It's cultural uh, ignorance, actually. They're just presuming that everything's like it is in the West. So that's an att- nice idea, but so many cultural gaffes that it doesn't come off at all. Now, another, um, there was another example, there was a book uh, published posthumously, one of my godbrothers again, who uh, passed away recently. He was famous as uh, Great Kirtanir. So he published, he died before the book was published. Now, this book, the first half of the book was just like saying that in, in, very, uh, in a very crude kind of way, saying more or less that everyone in Iskon, they're completely bogus, and practically, you know, more or less saying, you know, I'm the only one who's really understood. And the second half of the book is his Leela Smaranam, where he's describing how he's a gopi and he's serving Radha Krishna in the same kind of, but not very cultured line. The first part of the book, I mean, there, is, there may be grounds for saying that some of the leaders aren't following this or that properly, but then it should be set out in a philosophical manner. What are the problems? And explain that. Whereas if you just say they're all bogus, then yeah, 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 okay, yeah, we know they're all bogus. It's childish, actually. So from the language, I mean, 
Actually, I, I distanced myself from him long ago when he started saying, I mean, not that he all the time did, but he let it be known that he was a gopi. This, but he's not a gopi. Because those who are gopis, they don't go around telling people that they're gopis. And so, uh, in that, you know, it's like so uh, incongruous. Like the first part of the book is just like so un-Vaishnav, and then the second part is his imagination of himself. Well, others may say, well, it's his actual realization. But again, it's, it had this cultural incongruity. Like saying, he was like, say for instance, that Krishna's calling out to his friend, hey buddies. But this buddy, it's, it's an American slang term for friend. And with it comes all the cultural baggage of being of what it means to be a buddy, a kind of, you know, kind of friendship they have among American males, certain class of American males. But that that doesn't, it doesn't, uh, that word I use, isomorphically, it doesn't map, it, it, it's, it, it's a different conceptual mapping to that of uh, Krishna Leela. I mean, there are friends but they're not friends in the same way that Americans are friends. In some ways, yes, but in other important ways, no. The culture is very, very different. So, um, you may say, well, he's just expressing in his own words, but that's the point, that's the problem. That's, it's what he's conceived Krishna to be. It's not what has come down if it was if it was realization coming down the, gifted by our acharyas then he wouldn't make this kind of rasa bas mistake which chaitanya mahaprabhu didn't like to hear if it's actually coming from krishna and the spiritual world then these faults of rasa bas won't be there the a wrong mood won't be there so by your imagination, you can, you can imagine, I'm in Krishna Leela, I'm seeing this, Krishna looks like this. When will Krishna come? But it doesn't work unless it's, uh, like I say, it's, it's coming down. Does it, so does that mean that one has to, what, learn Sanskrit or something? No, it's not necessary. Uh, but definitely the Indian culture is helpful. I'm not talking about Indian culture, I'm not talking about Bollywood or Tollywood. But that original culture is helpful. Like I said, if one has spiritual inclination, but one is a, a Christian, then you can only go so far for lack of information of um, of what the actual nature of the spiritual world is. So uh, I am what I like to call a traditionalist, and others say conservative or fanatic or whatever. I'm trying in whatever capacity I can, to uh, create a culture that is as close as possible to traditional Vaishnava culture within our Vaishnava community today, because that is helpful for uh, absorbing and becoming part of the culture of the spiritual world. We want to make the culture as close as possible without imitating 
but we want to make the the the, the, the Vaishnava culture in this world should be as as close as possible, understanding our limitations that we are not liberated, that we are sadhaks. We should make that culture where there's respect to elders, discussion of shastra. Now, another very, very important point of creating this culture is that um, we have we have to discuss shastra. We have to discuss it according to the realization of the acharyas, and it is actually a, a cultural obstacle to be born and raised in the West, or to be. Or now the West is in India in many ways that with the education and everything because there are so the whole culture is so completely different and uh, is, there are different values different concepts so that even if we take to Vaishnavism we may bring our or, or we definitely do we bring our cultural Concepts with us, just like we may think that Krishna Leela, it's Krishna's relationship with his friends is like that between buddies in America. Which, like I say, to some extent it's true, but in other ways it's not. That the, the buddies, they, they, anyway, I don't want to get too much into social anthropology here. But the, um, now, this is also uh, one reason I have uh, many reservations, is one reason why I have many reservations against um, so much preoccupation with Western academics in our movement. Now, there is room for that, no doubt. And no doubt some of our devotees, they should be interacting with Western academics but when that becomes the predom- when the intellectual energy of our movement becomes predominantly uh, according to or interacting with Western academics, then we have a big problem because uh, the, the the Western cultural, religious, and intellectual apparatus is not sufficient and is not fit for accommodating. Uh, pure devotional service. The, 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 the concepts, uh, the concept of dharma, the, conce- the concepts of right and wrong, for instance, uh, within the, within the uh, Western intellectual... Ter- I mean, they don't have any clear understanding. And the very understanding that we shall understand by our own understanding is the first major error that they make that we have to hear from the acharyas they won't accept that that there is absolute knowledge they won't accept that so uh, there is room for uh, it should be there that some of our devotees they interact with academic scholars but we should do so from a from a position it's just like uh just like America and and China, they meet each other and they talk, but they each have their own position of strength. When America, when American leaders speak with uh, Lithuanian leaders, where are you from? You're from Lithuania. 
just came to my mind. Nothing personal. You're not that body. First of all, they don't speak to Lithuanian leaders. Or if they do, it's like some very low-ranking person. But it's a very different discussion to when they meet, because Lithuania doesn't have its own position of strength. So we should have our own intellectual uh, academy so strong on our own terms as the Gorya Mat did. They didn't. They they interacted with modern scholars, but on from their own on their own terms on their own grounds. They didn't. They didn't come in as that. It, that we we accept your paradigm, and we are going to study Gorya Vaishnavism within that. No, we have our paradigm. You should try and understand this. They came from their own strength, and they were able to do that because they were very learned and uh, very convinced. So they were able to do that. They didn't. Uh, they didn't uh, see what Western or, or the Western academia does. They want to put everyone into their own box, and under, everything should be understood according to our linguistic, anthropological, ethical worldview. Then you have a problem with the caste system and so many things. So, uh, if we have a very, you know, our own position very, very strongly established, then we go to speak with the Western academics. Very good. But if we don't, then... uh, you know, we become subservient to them. That we 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 have to use their systems and their ideologies and their presuppositions. We have to go along with that, and then that comes back into the movement because you know we have court. Like you told me in that Radhadesh, they had the the, the course, the first year course. There was eighty percent not from Prabhupada's books and included like sociology. Using, you know, Weber and all these people. So that, hmm? Scholars, Western scholars translation of Upanishads, they have no clue what's going on. They superimpose their own ideas. <laughs> so it's a, that's a very serious problem. So, uh, there's still quite a lot of things to say. So yeah, so someone writes a book. I mean, you. I mean, you. How far do you take this process? You start to imagine the leela, and then you write something. Or maybe you should. Maybe you should write more, like that. You know, I was saying our godbrother. He wrote so much, but it's the same example of he wrote like a whole half of his book was about his imagination of himself being in Radha Krishna leela. But it's the same example of the woman screaming. She, if she screams non-stop for three weeks, she still won't get a baby. You know, more quantity doesn't, you know, it's more quantity of the wrong thing. Now, I don't want to get to what might be considered offensive here. No doubt it's all done in good faith. And I do remember there's something at the beginning of the book, like some, I, I, that book which, I was. I, I did read some of it, but it was so, quite a long time ago. So I'm just speaking on general principles here. 
Maybe that's nice sometimes. I don't know if, if, if Prabhupada ever did that. We sit down in the devotee and say, well, well, what do you think what it's like in Krishna? I don't know if he ever did that. Rather, he would say it when he felt fit to say so. He would say, it's like this. He wouldn't ask, well, what do you think it's like to be there? So, um, so where do we go? How do we get there then? Well, how do we get there? Chant Hare Krishna. Is it so simple? Yes. And when the time is right, it will come. That again, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, that uh, he gives in his, uh, I mean, just in that Sharanagati, so 50 songs, he gives the whole process. When you've studied all the Vedas, Vedanta, and Chaitanya Charitamrita, Stavamala, Vilap Kusumanjali, then you can come to Narottam songs and Bhaktivinoda Thakur songs. Even if you haven't studied all those things, you can come to Bhaktivinoda songs at least because he, he gives just for the very beginner how by chanting the holy names, following the process of sadhana bhakti, one can actually come to the level of pure devotional service by nam bhajan by following this process. So, uh, so uh, especially Bhaktivinoda Thakur, you say, well, you may say, well, he was an ordinary man in many ways. He was living in what we would call secular life. Although, again, that's a Western concept. Secular. I mean, in, in, the, in the Dharma culture, there's everything is... Everything you do, including brushing your teeth. It's one of the, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, one of the things he taught was to brush your teeth in the morning. It's right there in Chaitanya Charitamrita. He didn't come to this world to teach us to brush our teeth, but it is one of the things he taught as part of the activities of devotional service, not primary. Again, you can, if you think I'll brush my teeth non-stop for three weeks, you still won't get Leela Smaranam. But the point is that everything, everything... The whole, everything is related with, everything is done for Krishna. Krishnarte akila cheshta. Everything, all our activities, even brushing teeth. How the, so the, this sharp divide between secular and religious, again, it's a Western idea, which is not there in Vedic culture. So, Bhaktinotako may appear to be uh, an ordinary person. But he's not. He's describing how in his home, which is the home of a magistrate, that Jadina Grihe Bhajana Deki Grihe Te Goloka Bhai, that he's doing his worship of the deities and Kirtan in his home, and he sees how it's Golok Vrindavan. He sees the Charanamrit, it's Ganga. So everything he's. He's in this world, but he's not of this world. So that's what we want, but not not very artificially, but by absorption in Krishna Lila. Another thing is, although Bhaktivinoda Thakur appeared to have originally been a uh, a materialist, actually we understand him to be an eternal associate of the Lord. So, but he shows us how one can live an ordinary life, and by deep absorption in Krishna consciousness, one can attain the highest level. 
Gorky Shaw does. Babaji used to come and associate with him. Gorky Shaw would he would he made so many arrangements to be away from everyone else. Sometimes living in a latrine, acting in a very un, anti not unsocial anti-social manner. Sometimes beating people. And why did he do that? Well, you could say he wanted to do his own bhajan. He didn't want to be disturbed. But another reason is he didn't want people to come and imitate him at their own detriment. Gorky Shore is living the life of pure bhav, pure love of Krishna. He avoided even other babajis, but he personally went to hear with Bhaktivinoda who appeared to be a materialist because. Bhaktivinoda Thakur is not a materialist. Bhaktivinoda Thakur writes about, yeah, before that dekite, dekite, before see, seeing the whole spiritual, before seeing myself as a gopi, there comes the, before that comes, Kobe Gorabane, Shuradhuni Tate, Harada, Harakrishna, living in the, the dham of Navadvip, begging from the doors of the, the chandalas, uh, absolute humility. He did this Bhaktivinoda Thakur didn't actually live like that. Gorky Shaw lived like that. The, the life of an avatud, completely cut off from this world. Gorky Shaw cut himself off, so others wouldn't imitate. Bhaktivinoda Thakur lived in the world, so others would imitate. <laughs> Different, same, they're on the same level. We shouldn't think Gorkishore is more than Bhaktivinoda. In fact, he, he would listen to Bhaktivinoda. But uh, they're on the same level, but they're different roles. Bhaktivinoda pointed us toward that's what we should be like, like Gorkishore. But he lived as if an ordinary person. Very respectable, so that people would think, oh yes, if he can be like that, I can be like that. But again, he wasn't just living a respectable life and chanting Hare Krishna sometimes. But he had a deep absorption in, in, in uh, you know, this what, uh, Chato Mas, he followed very strictly. You chant 64 rounds a day. I mean, he wasn't just a householder with some beads who, you know, chanted sometimes. He was extremely... Completely absorbed in, in, in his whole, he did his secular work, you could say, and but then uh, he was just uh, you know, very deeply absorbed in both in the time he put into it and the the level of his Krishna consciousness. So he was very different to that. So we sometimes hear of Babaji's who they uh, they would put fish scales outside their kuti. So people would think they're eating fish and then they'd think they're bogus and then they'd leave them. They weren't eating fish, but they wanted people to think that they were bogus so that they wouldn't come and bother them and imitate them. It's just the opposite of people who like they make a show of being pure and everyone thinks they're very pure. But I don't see that our our chariots they they they, they made a show. There no, one thing, there's no need to, and another thing, they're not in any way superficial. 
In fact, if anything, Srila Prabhupada made a show of being ordinary. In many, in many ways, our Acharyas made a show of being ordinary. Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur also. They made a big mart and, and big buildings and chairs, Vaishnava, you know, you sit on the floor. I'm sitting on a chair because I have this, uh, some pain by which I, it's difficult for me to sit cross-legged. But otherwise Vaishnavas, why, uh, what do you need anything? What do you need any furniture for? And just minimal. But Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati lived in a very, uh, Gorgeous way, you could say, not not like that of an ordinary, of that expected of a sannyasi, but he did so for the sake of bringing others in. But his ultimate aim was to send that they should become like Gorkisha, at least internally, not making a big, not making a show of being pure, but actually being. Pure. Uh, un- actually, to be unorthodox is our aim. Isn't it? But if we make, uh, if we d- if we do that, that will be misunderstood. If we act like Gorkisha, Gorkisha Das Babaji, he wouldn't be allowed in Iskon today. No way. <laughs> Shukadev, he wouldn't be allowed. You know, someone, 16-year-old boy, walking around naked. Of course, he's fully allowed. We hear from him every day. We take the mercy of God, Kishore, every day. But the social role they played would not be, not be acceptable. It wouldn't be understood. If someone imitates God, Kishore, then that's not good. Uh, and if, the, if they're actually on that level, well, they came at a certain time, didn't they? So, uh, Krishna sent them at a certain time for a certain purpose. So, we should neither exhibit that, make, uh, nor should we... Uh, Reject that. That is our aim, to be absorbed in Leela Smaran. There may or may not be stigmata, external symptoms. Generally, the external symptoms of advancement, we try to hide that. If there are, if it, if it's there at all, uh, for most of, for most of us, the, it's, it's, our internal life is not so much one of remembering the pastimes of the Lord as trying to forget all the pastimes we had <laughs> before we came to Krishna consciousness. That's not pastimes, but, well, they are past times. We let them be past times. Forget it. When will I forget all that? Bhaktivinoda Thakur says. So, uh, how to enter the Leela, remember the Leela? We, we can... Uh, we should discuss it. We can read Prabhupada, he said, we should read Krishna book every night. We can discuss it, memorize it. We can talk about Leela, but uh, that must be on the solid basis of proper understanding. Otherwise, it creates disaster in human society. We're discussing Leela 
But we have so many misconceptions. Therefore, we find our acharyas in their commentaries. All of, they would explain all little little points. So it's better that the gurus ex, they they can speak on the lila. First, see the devotees have a good understanding of Bhagavad Gita, uh, and good understanding will be seen by how they're very carefully performing their sadhana, how enthusiastic they are to serve and to surrender to Krishna. Um, and then we can discuss Leela and discuss it. Srila uh, Prabhupada did one verse a day, so and discuss all the philosophical ramifications and all this and that. Otherwise, you know, people... I saw once, I was in the airport, I saw, I, was, I think it was Rome, and there was a devotee, he was in Babaji dress, and he was going to... I asked him where he's going, he's going to Radha Kund. You know, they, they, they spend... Some people, they spend like a few months a year working in Italy to support themselves. Then they go and be a Babaji for a few months a year at Radhakund. Doesn't work. Doesn't work like that. Doesn't work like that. And also, you know, devotees, they, they come from wherever, India, or different parts of India. and They're going on with their day-to-day life and, and then you just bring them to Radhakund and you talk about how you know, Krishna's kissing Radha or something. It doesn't, it's not the transcendental science to do it like that. Therefore, we, one reason Srila Prabhupada wanted these farm communities where devotees can live together and we have, we can discuss among ourselves. We, we can have bhajan, kirtan, Talk about Krishna among ourselves. Otherwise, we find our devotees, you know, they're in the shop or they're doing some business. You can do that and be Krishna conscious, but we want to create a favorable atmosphere where people can become more advanced. We're making the school so children can grow up hearing about Krishna. So that impression is strong in them from the beginning of life. It's not such an easy thing to be to uh, enter that, into, enter into the pastime. So that is our aim, certainly. But we should uh, try to do so under the guidance of the Acharyas and with a lot of caution. Fools rush in where angels fear to tread. Sridhar Maharaj, Prabhupada's godbrother, used to quote that because he used to discuss some of these topics, but then he would caution <laughs> that that uh, it's not such an easy thing that you can just just I like to hear it. Okay, I'm qualified. No, step by step, step by step. So something like that. Yes, you describe what is your appreciation. What you saw the deities dressed this morning. What is your appreciation? How yes, and then you look very nicely how Krishna's holding his flute. Which flute has he got today? Because in bigger temples they'll have different flutes. Not every day the same flute. Which flute has Krishna got? What color is he wearing? What kind of flowers the pujaris have offered to Radha to put in her hand so she can offer to Krishna? So appreciation of Krishna, we should cultivate that. Among ourselves we can do that. We should do that. That is our prayojana. That is our ultimate topic. But we have to do so very carefully and it's 
it's uh, until we're mature and uh, we're, we're mature in chant, hearing and chanting and serving and uh, we have a very clear understanding of Vaishnava philosophy, we should be quite cautious about trying to describe what are our realizations about Leela. That's my understanding. Any questions about this? Mm. <coughs> I heard from one devotee that we should regularly discuss Raganuga Bhakti. You heard from one devotee that you should regularly discuss Raganuga Bhakti. That devotee was not his divine grace, Srila Prabhupada, for sure. So, is there any question? What's the question? I was saying that because we do not discuss because we don't discuss these things, then our devotees, as they become more mature, they go to other places to hear it. Is it? Well, yeah, maybe we, in one sense we should, just like I'm discussing now about Raga Nuga Bhakti. Is it not? I'm discussing about Raga Nuga Bhakti and how we should approach it. I'm discussing it. So yes, we should. That's why I said to the devotee, if, you, if, if newcomers, they can go to the Tamil class. We're not going to discuss the midday class for people coming from outside. Is there one today? Probably no. Probably some people will come anyway. You can go on doing kirtan. Uh, we don't discuss these among beginners. But yeah, we should discuss different philosophical topics. But again, uh, you may say that well, we, people are going elsewhere. And they can go elsewhere, and elsewhere they may teach them to scream, but they won't get a baby. <laughs> so, eligibility, adhika. Before we, discuss, before we start regularly discussing pastimes of Radha and Krishna, we should discuss this prakrita rasa shatadushani. It's very much needed that that should, that's, there's some commentary is needed and it should be discussed widely. Very important work. Which, just one line I discussed from that, that, uh, rasa age shraddha pache rupanuga bolena. Before raganuga we should think how to become rupanuga. There's no difference, but rupanuga, rupan, rupa goswami gave bhakti rasamrita sindhu in which he gave, it's about rasa. Ultimately, the topic is rasa. He analyzes rasa. But before he gives sadhana, what are the processes of sadhana bhakti? So, to, to enter raga bhakti, we have to be only rupa-nuga, that's all. There's no other way to do so. Only Rupa Goswami has given this process of, of raga-nuga. But then follow him first, step by step. So yes, we sh- Raganuga, yes. But first understand, Raganuga means to be Rupanuga. So Rupanuga means step by step. Hmm. We should discuss it. But what's the, what's the, yeah, but it may be some kind of intellectual discussion. Unless we're actually, Realized, and yes, if you are actually right, then discuss it. But you discuss it among those who are eligible. I'm, you know, I'm not eligible. If I was, if I was eligible, I wouldn't discuss it among all of you. 
Maybe I'd, I, I remember Basu Ghosh told me about Puri Maharaj, that uh, Bhakti Vaibhav Puri Maharaj. But Puri Maharaj said, I, you know, I want to discuss Krishna Leela, but I didn't find anyone to discuss with. Then you don't discuss. Then he didn't discuss. He would only discuss very basic topics. Always. But then in his own mat, sometimes with one or two of his disciples, he would discuss. The, otherwise they'd have daily classes, Gita classes, in their mat, even today. So, that's the proper example. Otherwise, again, you can discuss. Yeah, you can discuss. But again, at, at an intellectual level, you may do so. But to try and, again, to pole vault your way into the pastimes, it's not going to work. However much you do. You, like I say, you can go on screaming and screaming and screaming, but you're not going to get a baby unless the baby is, you know, unless the natural process has, has taken place. Hmm. Yeah. It's Someone wanted to discuss Krishna Leela's. And then, then uh, what he did, he said, okay, let's discuss from Bhakti Rasamrat Sindhu. And he took one, said, Kaliya Leela, and then he said, okay, what is Anubhava, what is Yabhachayabhava? Teaching how to, yeah, what is Vibhava, Anubhava. That should be done. That should be done. That you can do, yeah. Here in Kaliya Leela, what is Vibhav, Anubhav, and Udipan, and all this kind of thing. That you can do. That we can do. Why not? That we should do. But sometimes I see devotees who they get into this so much, but and they try to give it to their disciples, but you see that neither the, the one who's giving nor the one they're trying to give it to, they don't, they're not actually doing very well in Maybe in their own estimation, but if we see by the way Prabhupada taught, they're not, you know, they're like, they're, they may have some, you know, they want to get into it and they want to teach it to others or whatever, but the actual result is not very good. You know who I'm talking about. They're, 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 by artificially trying to propagate Rasa Tattva, what actually happens is that people, they don't even have basic, there'll be no one coming to Mongolarati, no one even following the basic principles, and then a few people sentimentally imagining that they're gopis, or whatever, and then mixing things up with Mayavad and all kinds of strange things. <laughs> Dressing the deities in the temple in a Rasik style, which Prabhupada